Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Media Boat Podcast, episode 300. Today is October the 6th, 2021. We are coming at you live on YouTube right now, something I haven't been able to say since uh, February of 2020. March of 2020. Okay, March of 2020. We, we did do that one the week before everything shut down. Um, but yes, hey, welcome. We're glad to see you here. We're glad, however you're watching the show, whether you're watching it live, on recorded video, or if you're listening to the podcast version, thanks for sticking with us for so long. We've made it to 300 episodes. We are happy to be here. And if you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, if this is all coming at you as a surprise and you don't know what we're talk- what I'm talking about at all, uh, let's tell you about it. This is the Media Boat Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. We give you all the news and thoughts as it comes to us, as it's breaking. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Uh, I'm Mike. He's back. Yeah. We are live for you 300. And I, I can actually, like, poke him in the actual arm. He's actually next to me. It's not like this weird, like, division of time and space and internet between us, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, certainly. Let's uh, pull up these notes and let's start the show. Yeah. Um, like I said, this is our first time going live <laughs> in over a year. It yes. may be jumpy for the YouTube audience. <laughs> if you're just on the podcast, via your podcaster catching feeds. Yes. I think it'll be just fine. Yeah, and hey, if there's not, uh, let us know. You can either jump in the chat here on YouTube right now and let us know what's going on with the recording, or you can email us questions and comments about the show in the aftermath uh, at mediabookpodcast at gmail.com. In the meantime, let's get this show on the road. And we always start movies with movies on this podcast, and we always start the movie section with the weekend box office numbers. This week... A new record has been set as Venom, colon, Let There Be Carnage, and you're using air quotes, but bear with me here, debuted to a $90 million domestic total, uh, which yes. semi-officially it is, is the new record for, this, for, the, or for a weekend, for a normal weekend this year. Yes. yes. Um, besting Shang-Chi. Yes. Ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. Without the benefit of a, week, of a holiday weekend. I want to note that because that's important this summer because the last summer was filled with debuts that had the benefit of having that extra day. I do believe Shang-Chi also had the benefit of the extra day as well. Yes, that's why I mentioned it. Uh, But hey, congratulations to Venom. It means people are willing to go to theaters a little bit more so than they were a few months ago. It's getting a little easier uh, for these studios to make these big splashes. Is it the movie we maybe thought that was going to bring people back to theaters? No, I certainly did not predict this. But it is a Marvel film, and it is franchise yeah. film, so That's true. maybe we should have expected it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we're just bad at our jobs. Anyways, that's your number hey, one. That's why we didn't put a number on it last week. This is also why nobody pays us for this, also. Um, number two. But, um, number two. The Addams Family 2 is your number two movie with $17 million debut. Shang-Chi comes in at number three with $6 million. That's sitting at 206 Like last week we said, it crossed the $200 million mark gallantly and continues to climb. Number four, The Many Saints of Newark, $4.6 million debut. I will be talking about that in just a hot second. Yes, wait for that. And then rounding out your top five, Dear Evan Hansen adds 
$2.4 million to its $11.8 million domestic total. But of course, your one upcoming release this week is the one we've been waiting years for. It is Bond, James Bond time, as No Time to Die is finally in theaters this week. Um, I believe it's actually no, comma, time time to to die. die. I saw that as well, yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, So yeah, finally, and it's getting pretty good buzz. Yep, I've seen good thoughts about it. If you're wondering about where the um, Hotel Transylvania 4, Transformania, (laughs) is on here. Number six. Well, no. No? Actually, it did not debut, um, as I had read that it was supposed to debut on October 1st oh. or 2nd. It did not, but I did see this morning that it has a new release date exclusively on Amazon Prime <laughs> of January 14th. Oh, shoot. So did they get, did they finally realize that they're going against the Adams Family and then freaked out? I guess so. <laughs> Um, but it'll also be an Amazon straight to Amazon release. Right. So they're just bailing on theaters completely. For that one, at least. I mean, there's yeah. no Adam Sandler on it, so there's no... Mm, no big box they, office drive there. Well, not only that, but they don't have to like get the numbers for yeah. box office, which we'll talk about in a minute here. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so I think there's less incentive to put it on yeah. actual, in actual theaters because of it. So I guess the I guess $100 million question in this case is... Does No Time to Die outperform Venom uh, next week? Do you do we see a new record? Does it get to that 100 mark? Believe it or not, yes. It yeah, already has 150 million internationally. Yeah, internationally, but that's not always it's a bellwether. A sure, but that's not always a bellwether for domestic performance. You can't always match the two. So Bond, yes, is a is a franchise that does. It's a franchise well that's not a comic book, even though yeah, it yeah. wants to be a comic book. I mean, it basically is. Um, so, okay, so if you take, so you're taking the over 90. Over 90, yes. Uh, then I guess I'll take the under 90 and take the risk here. I think you're probably right. I would love to be right. <laughs> I'm sure. And that's why I want to be Daniel right. Craig would also <laughs> love to be, that you would be right here. So. Daniel Craig now has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I think he's doing all right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my star. Anyways, let's move on. Well, it will be his weekend. Yes. Coming up. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my weekend. Let's move on out of box office numbers and into movie news proper. Oh wait, we're still talking about box office numbers because our box first story, numbers. yes, because our first story is a wrap up or a resolution for something we reported on a few weeks ago. Hey, remember that Black Widow lawsuit where Scarlett Johansson was all angry about the streaming revenue compared to the box office revenue of that film? I believe she was more upset that Disney put it on streaming for Disney yeah. Plus. Rather than have it being a straight theatrical release. Right, basically saying like, hey, you didn't do this for anybody else. And my movie, the one I'm the star of, is the only one that got hit by this. Well, Scarlett Johansson and Disney have reached a settlement over her blockbuster lawsuit that accused the studio of sabotaging the theatrical release of Black Widow to prop up Disney+. Plus. Terms of the settlement were not disclosed, so I got no numbers for you. But we do have the numbers of the original lawsuit, which is... Johansson sought a $50 million payout from the studio. Disney revealed in a filing back in August that Black Widow had grossed $125 million in streaming. Not, not bad numbers when you consider it. In addition to its $367 global million, uh, so $367, $367 million, that's key, uh, box office gross globally. 
This was all done right before Black Widow was to be made widely available on Disney Plus and before Shang-Chi crossed that $200, $200 million domestic mark that we talked about in its box office run. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's gotten paid and the lawsuit is over, but we do not know how much she got paid. No, um, but I, Shang-Chi crossing that $200 million mark this weekend gave her more ammo to basically yes. say, yes, yes, my film would have hit $200 right. million. Or potentially would hit, have. It hit 197 yeah. before or after Disney Plus. Right. So if you take that out and you throw it but in. But again, speculation. We talked about this before, but I'm not a fan of that reasoning. That's why I say I want to make sure that we're talking theoretically in all these situations. Because if it like because you can never know for sure how many people watched it on Disney Plus would not have watched it on Disney Plus premiere if it was not available on it. To me, I don't see it's not, it as it's not, either it's not or. Per, it's not individually; yeah. it's the family. Right, the family saving on well, thirty dollars tickets. That's definitely a factor of it. But I'm even saying on you know, a more general level. I'm saying general like, level. Yes, general level. Uh, I'm saying that like on a general level. The person who is going to jump on something and see it weekend one on Premiere Access, you cannot assume that is also the person, whether or how many people are in their um, family group notwithstanding, if they were going to go to a theater and see it in theaters. Now, you can't make that assumption. Are you saying this because we did that? Because <laughs> we are those people. Well, maybe not you. You, before this pandemic happened, you would go to the movies every I, weekend. I'd go probably for the Thursday release on this. But me, I am this person where if, if there's any situation where I'm provided an alternative to go to a movie theater, a busy movie theater, especially on a weekend, first weekend of it, I will choose not to go. So it's like, you can't do that. You can't basically jump to that conclusion is what I'm saying. So that's why I'm like, theoretically, that money, if you eliminate Disney, Disney Plus premium there, theoretically, that would translate to box office numbers. But you don't know if that's the case or not. It might be a, a fraction of that. It might be none of it. Because it might just have been just enough of a luxury that the people would have never gone to the movie theater to see it in the first place. Oh, I'm sure that they w- would have found their way over to the movie theater eventually. Excuse, excuse just me. like I eventually found my way to <laughs> Shang-Chi in a movie theater eventually. <laughs> well, well, anyway, I'm just saying it's, key, it's good to keep that in mind. Because if you make the assumption, then... I don't know. It just may not be the case when they completely move something well, out. Well, good thing we don't have to assume it. Disney assumed <laughs> yes. it. Disney and that's assumed. why they eh, settled. That's why they're at where they're at. Yep. Yeah, but it's probably good, ultimately, that they did settle because they would have just that would have just been a really terrible case mm-hmm. for both, for everyone involved. Yes. Well, now they don't have to work with Scarlett Johansson yeah. again. Even though they will with <laughs> her being attached to Haunted Mansion. Reboot, I want to say. Oh, is that happening? Okay. In paper, it is happening. It's paper. It's a, a paper has been signed. Well, we'll yeah, see. I believe she's attached to that. And we'll see when it happens. Speaking of seeing it when it happens, our next story takes us a little bit of a follow-up from last week, where we talked about the IATSE, I-A-T-S-E, uh, possible strike vote uh, that was happening. Uh, and sure enough, the union has voted to approve the strike authorization. This doesn't mean they're on strike quite yet, though. Instead, it just gives the union president the power to shut down the film and production uh, that they run across the country whenever they deem fit. So when they drop the hammer, 
they're on strike and there's no more productions with union workers. Right, and this vote wasn't even close. No. 98.7% supported the vote and 90% turnout for the for the union voters. That's a resounding outcome that the union hopes will strengthen its bargaining position. By the way, this is the first time in its 128-year history that members of the union have even authorized a nationwide strike. The unions have been negotiating since back in May on a new contract and are seeking to address long-standing concerns, as we've t- talked about before, including long hours on set, streaming wage scales and residuals, and the stability of the pension and health funds. Those last two being the big ones. The big ones. The streaming sure. wages and yes. the pension and health. So Matthew D. Loeb, the international president of the union, said in a statement, quote, This vote is about the quality of life as well as the health and safety of those who work in the film and television industry. Our people have basic human needs like time for meal breaks, adequate sleep, and a weekend. For those at the bottom of the pay scale, they deserve nothing less than a living wage. Reasonable demands, I think. Um, it all makes sense to me. Um, so, yeah, I hope I hope that they do the strike. I hope that this goes through, and I hope that they get what they're bargaining for, because it really seems like they've been really mismanaged and abused. Much like we've been on Keenan Watch for the past two years. <laughs> yes. The next three weeks, we are on Strike Watch. Strike Watch. Chelsea. Yes, so uh, I'm sure everyone will hear about it if it happens, because it will mean these productions will grind to a halt. Um, yeah. Yeah. Literally grinding to the halt. I was explaining <laughs> to someone how that they're, basically everyone below the line, everyone, camera workers, yeah. uh, makeup artists, set design, costume, props, everything you kind of don't think of beyond the actors or directors themselves, everyone else is a part of this union. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. It's Editors, true. part of it too. So, you're not going to be pumping out TV shows. <laughs> no. Not for a while if this happens. So, um, we'll keep our eye out on this for the next couple weeks and see what happens with it. Keep trying to refresh my news feed. Trying to <laughs> see, see if it happens. happens today. It's yeah. supposed to happen today. Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for movie news. We will move into thoughts next. And you have some thoughts. You have some Italian thoughts. You have some Italian mobster thoughts. You have some Gabagool thoughts. Tell me about the Gabagool. Oh! oh. Tell me about the Gabagool. Is it good? Oh, it's delicious. I've never had Gabagool. I don't even actually even know what it is. It's like some pastrami, some uh-huh. salami, yeah. uh-huh. some prosciutto. Is that true? Or are you just saying some Italian? Gabagool. You're just saying Italian words? <laughs> all right. Tell me about the many saints of Newark. Each one of them, identify all of the saints. There are many saints. Yes. In New York. This is uh, a yes, prequel yes. Uh, yes. to the long-running TV show The Sopranos. Yes. Uh, on HBO. And this is more or less two episodes of The Sopranos, back-to-back. But before you knew them on the show. Yes. As it's a the prequel, prequel, it's them younger. Yes. But the whole tone, the vibe, the shots... Yeah. The acting, it's very reminiscent of early 2000 Sopranos. Right. And what everyone fell in love with. The question now becomes, does that play in 2021? It's interesting that you say that as you kind of your, your intro here, because I feel like in 2021, The Sopranos is having a little bit of a renaissance. On the internet, it's become very meme-worthy. A lot of people are talking about re-watching it lately. Not only just because of the like looking forward to this prequel, 
But there was even an article that was some publication did last week, which is why Zoomers love the Sopranos, <laughs> trying to explain why a younger generation has come to this thing that was before their time and are finding, like, a connection to it. So this just happens to hit. Power. This just happens to be striking when the iron was already hot. People were already talking about the 20th anniversary of this show, and we're revisiting it culturally. And so it's having a little bit of a moment now. So yes, I do think the answer to your question is, I do believe this is the right time. And the answer that I came across after watching it is, yes, I did <laughs> really enjoy my time watching it. Yeah, see? It felt like The Sopranos. Yeah. It also felt like, mobster movie um very i mean not just because ray leota was in there but <laughs> very good fellows reminiscent sure um or very godfather as well because yep. everyone gets whacked and uh <laughs> not everyone gets whacked but like, every single person no <laughs> all the saints get whacked <laughs> <laughs> and there's many of them so it takes a while yeah it's it's chronicling the not rise of Tony Soprano, yeah, but rather what got him interested through his family and how he saw that life from his family through his uncles and eventually, spoiler, <laughs> wanted to be in the family right. and be a part of that business. Right. But he is not the main focal point of this. It's his uncle yeah. who's the main focal point of this. Okay. I liked it. It's... Well, I liked it because I watched Sopranos, even though I probably wasn't supposed to growing yeah. up. Yeah, parenting decisions. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> it's not your fault. I was there and it was on. Yes, exactly. But um, I did leave the room for Sex in the City. <laughs> You're like, I don't want none of this. No, 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 no. That wasn't me. That was parents oh, saying, no, you, like, can't, All right, now yeah, go. Yeah. you can't watch Sex in the City, but you we're can gonna watch, watch The Sopranos. Yeah, you're going to watch The Violent Show, but we're not going to let you watch the show with sex in the name. Yes. God forbid. Yes. God forbid. In Christian America. But then Entourage came around and we just watched that. <laughs> so. Yeah, that is weird because I feel like that probably has more sex in it than Sex in the City. More persuaded sex. Sure, or yes. Insinuated sex. From a, for, from a more male gazy perspective. Yes. Um, anyways. <laughs> yeah, with the two, let's not relitigate the 2000s. Anyways, <laughs> so this movie. So I have a quick question. Well, I, I bring it up because those other two yeah. shows did get films. That's true, they did. Before this one. A couple of them for Sex and the City. Um, yep. Now I have a question about this. So do you think that, so it evokes a lot of the same style, a lot of the same beats, mm-hmm. and a lot of the same kind of setting yes, as does. the original series but the one thing it doesn't have is a lot of the cast members right dude because oh, obviously that's where leslie odom jr comes in okay. and steals the show all right okay he may be listed as supporting character but i loved every single second media boat favorite leslie odom jr yes um I lost my train of thought. oh yeah so so did, does did it feel like there was a uh, james gandolfini hole sized hole in this thing yes there was definitely yeah. not that power figure sure. within here. I mean, that thing that's funny, why it's called The Many Saints of Newark. It and also why they did a prequel. The, because they can't do anything during the show or after it because they can't use him. Well, that's why they used his yeah. son. Right. <laughs> in here. Um, that being said, give it five years. I'd like to come back to this okay. and have him be in a more prominent role. Yeah. Um, because he was only used in half the film for the second hour, 
first hour focused on very young Tony, not mm-hmm. actual um, Michael Gandolfini on it. He was the second half for the second hour, or second episode, if you want. Sure. Because it's split like that. Mm-hmm. But also, he's not not an actor. So Cabrini comes across very raw and very emotional because he's portraying yeah. his father. Right, 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 right. Give him five years and then revisit this with him at the center. Mm-hmm. And you could have a really good setup for a prequel trilogy series if you go TV with it. Same thing. Yeah. Give really him some time to, to act. Give him some time to grow. Yeah. Some experience in it. Revisit um, in another five years. Right. The other question I have is, if somebody has not seen any episode of The Sopranos, do you think that they would be missing a whole lot here? Or do you think this is an int- a good intro, potential intro to the series? There's a lot of winks and nods and like al- allusions mm-hmm. to the series if you haven't seen it. I think you kind of need that base, though, of what The Sopranos is. Yeah. Well, I mean, from cultural osmosis, though, I feel like a lot of people, especially in our generation, more or less know. Yes, but you'll lose a lot more of, oh, that character Uh, will become important, or that character becomes this person. So it's more fun if you have the basis of understanding. It's a lot more nuanced, and it's a lot more engaging if you know the characters and the locations. Right. Okay. That being said... I think it's still a fun film. It's definitely the better gangster film that's come out in a while. Okay. I mean, do you think it's worth for people to actually seek out in theaters, or do you think just stream it? Stream it because then you can go directly to The Sopranos if you like it. That's true. It, it has <laughs> that kind of bonus to it as well. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, not nothing to essentially rush out and see unless you're right. a huge fan of Sopranos. You want to see it on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I enjoyed it watching it in the comfort of my home now. Cool. All right. So that's a recommend, I guess. Yes. Uh, High recommend if you watch and love The Sopranos. Recommend if you're curious at all about it or just have like that missing out on a good mobster gangster film. Mm -hmm. It hits all the right notes in it. (laughs) Like you're like playing like a little keyboard there. Oh, no. That's a (laughs) xylophone. No, no. That's like throwing the right spices into the Ah, sauce. I see. All right. Is the Gobblegool. Got it. Yes, the Gobblegool. <laughs> All right. All right. Did you watch anything? Google what Gobblegool is. I did not watch any movies, no. So I got nothing to, to report right. here. Hey. Uh, so let's move on then out of movies and into television. And we always start television with that corner I'm pointing at right now, which is the sports corner. <laughs> yeah, I named that one. The, that, that corner specifically, this one is, specifically the is the sports corner. corner. Actually, I guess... That corner is the sports <laughs> corner because it's got the sports happening. The actual sports so, corner. So, all right, fine. That's the sports corner now. Um, welcome to the sports corner where we talk about sports. Our first story in the sports corner. Tom Brady, unfortunately. Uh, you mean unfortunately? Because, <laughs> you know, you know how I T- feel Tom about. Brady being in the league for 20 years finally did it. Yeah, it was inevitable, I suppose. Uh, he yes. set the passing yards record. Um, he beat the previous one, which is What? What was the previous record? Oh, it's held by Drew Brees. Okay. And has a 500 or better record against every team in the NFL. <laughs> it also means that he officially now has beaten every yes. team in the NFL. As Tom Brady beat the Patriots this past weekend. Um, yes, single-handedly. Yep, besting Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, you know yeah, what? But I, I like that set that 
every single team in the NFL, he has a 500 or better record. He has a winning record against every team. I'm just saying, if the NFL was an eSport, they would have nerfed him a long time ago. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. This is clearly unfair. Well, yes, Madden has been nerfing him <laughs> ever since. It's true. Yeah, I guess I realized that when I said that. I was like, oh, I guess it is kind of important. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, meanwhile, in elsewhere in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals and the... I keep trying oh, to get oh, used wait, wait, to wait, saying wait, no, no, this. Sorry, that's not a thing. They lost last night. They lost last night. Never mind. Yep. The Cardinals are the only undefeated NFL team left, while the Jaguars and Lions remain winless. Yeah, I'm going to double-check that. But yeah, double-check that. But I'm pretty sure that uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals have not this. lost a game yet um if that's not true hey congrats or if that well, is true congratulations if yeah, that's not true whatever that means everybody's lost which is means everybody's uh on equal footing at this point um, uh yep they're the only ones they're the only four no team all right well uh arizona pride i suppose um and yes hey jaguars and lions hang in there you'll get a win eventually yeah you guys are both own four <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys Meanwhile, what's not 0-4 in our heart is the Roval. And NASCAR playoffs continue, and the first elimination race takes place, none other than that, at the Roval. Yep, Charlottesville Roval uh, <laughs> will be happening this weekend, your favorite race. Yes, media boat favorite, the Roval. <laughs> uh, yep, uh, and that will be the first elimination of the playoffs. Yes, NASCAR yes. does have playoffs. Weirdly enough. And yes, they are in them. This is the third week of the playoffs and yes. first elimination week. But NASCAR had some good news in, in the history books this week as well. Bubba Wallace has become the first black driver to win at the top level of the Elite Stock Car Series since Wendell Scott back in 1963. So I'm going to go off on a little tangent here and give you a little history lesson. All right. When Wendell Scott won his race, he did not win his race. Oh. Because the officials, because uh, Wendell Scott actually lapped the field, but the officials didn't count it. So they didn't award him the trophy until hours, so they didn't award him the win until uh-huh. hours after, and uh-huh. a trophy until August of this year. Wow. That's... About 20 years after Wendell Scott himself passed away. Wow, that's ridiculous. And so Bubba Wallace becomes the first black driver to win um, during the race. Right. And be um, immediately recognized. Yes, and be immediately recognized. <laughs> well, congratulations to Bubba Wallace, though. That's a big deal. Yep. Um, I hope he continues to win. Yep, congratulations to Michael Jordan as well. That's your first NASCAR win as an owner. <laughs> there you go. Congratulations. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, so that's NASCAR. And, of course, as you know, Major League Baseball is wrapping up with the playoffs having started last night. In fact, actually, why are we not? Why don't we have this game on right now? Um I was there. I watched the first wild card game last night. I watched the Yankees lose terribly to the Boston Red Sox. Hey, Ugh. they would have won, except that they home run hit it. the Green Monster. It did. I know that. And then they shouldn't have sent. Uh, they shouldn't have sent Judge home. No. Oh, what a bad call. So it was a really rough game to watch. If you're a Yankees fan, I'm not even a Yankees fan. I just didn't want Boston to win. Hey, Yankees <laughs> fan, right back there. <laughs> I just didn't want. I just didn't Sports want Boston to win because. Uh, because Boston. Because Boston. Uh, but hey, you know what? Oh, that's right. you, you have an affinity hatred of Boston. Well, Christy does, and so I share that with her. Yes. I support her in her Boston hate. Yes. 
Um, but the other wild card game is as we speak, as we're recording right now, the St. Louis Cardinals, not to be confused with the Arizona Cardinals, facing off against the uh, other hometown team, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Right now, in the middle of the second, it is one nothing Cardinals. Uh, but I don't know how long that's going to stay. So this is kind of disappointing why MLB needs to change the playoffs. <laughs> because the Dodgers won 106 games during the regular season. And yes. get to play in a one-game yes. elimination wild card. That is a good reminder to our audience here, is that the wild card games are not a series. It is a game. Instant, sudden death. So if the, if, uh, the Dodgers lose here, they will not proceed. Yep, that's a 106-win season with nothing <laughs> to show for But you know what? They had their trophies. I la- they, they- Yes, they also had their trophies taken <laughs> away from them. <laughs> that's true. I think that let's... Let's let them. I don't have a problem with them losing this game. I know it's probably controversial. Yeah, don't, in don't this say that house. too loud over there. Yeah, the, the next the next apartment might hear us. Yes, um, but but I think let's have, let every somebody else play. How about that? Anyway, so we'll see the yes. results of that later, and then the rest of the series uh, <coughs> will be next week. Fun fact: uh, the <laughs> game right now is a revenge game with yes. Albert Pujols. Yes, it is. Uh, except <coughs> yes. Yes, yes, it is indeed a revenge game, Oof. as he played on the Cardinals for so, so long. Yes. And again, that was so, so long ago. A long ago. time ago, yep. clearly. That was a, not even a full Tom Brady long ago. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. 2002? 2004? <laughs> Meanwhile, if the stats are more exciting to you than the teams, or alternatively, if your teams aren't in the playoffs, you might be more interested in this next baseball story. Your home run leaders this season. It was a tie. Vladdy Jr. and Salvador Perez finished the regular season with the most home runs. 48 each. Our hometown favorite, Shohei Otani, finished with 46, but made it to that 100 RBI count by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, do note that all three of these players in the American League, so yeah. National League is way behind <laughs> yeah, but it also means the AL All-Star, or not All-Star, MVP is going to be a little bit more of a struggle than we thought. I still think it's Otani. It still uh, has to be Otani. It still has to be Otani. Just we, because, hometown, hometown heroes. Yeah, because the thing, well, not only that, but also because Vladdy and uh, Salvador aren't out here pitching as well, and right. Shohei is, and so I think that's the key thing to remember. That could be seen as a counterpoint, too, because Shohei is only right. pitching once a week and not... Fielding every day. Yeah, but the fact that he was the best pitcher in his team at the same time as being in the lead and every other stat. Yeah. I, it's just, you can't not, you can't not acknowledge it. You can't just, with the season I'm not that, not I know, it. but you're not the voter, so right. you can't vote in this. I'm just saying that, like, to ignore the season that he had would just be a travesty. It would be something that people were talk are talking about for you know decades in baseball history. They're going to look back at that 2021 season that Shohei Otani had and be like, "How was he not MVP?" Right. So, anyways. Anyways, enough with the baseball corner. Enough with the baseball corner. What anything else in sports before we wrap up the sports corner? In sports entertainment, WWE <laughs> had its draft. Uh-huh. Um, they have a draft. Yeah, they have a draft where okay. they reshuffle their lineups between SmackDown and Raw. Or is it a draft because no one's watching them anymore because everybody's obsessed with the other uh, AEW? AEW. That's how cold it is. They're experiencing a draft. <laughs> well, that's why they have to do the reshuffling. Yeah. 
Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah, so that happened. It'll take place, the official lineup change will take place after Royal Rumble, which will be in two weeks on a Thursday. Ah. Uh, I believe that's on the 26th, uh, tw- 21st. Okay. So yeah, 21st will be Royal Rumble, and then 22nd will be the f- first new season of the WWE. Good to know. All right, let's move out of sports then and talk about television news proper. And hey, it's the fall, which means it's almost the holidays. Uh, come on, you have to say it right. Say it like every other newscaster. It's fall, y'all. Oh, I'm not gonna. I'm not doing that. Okay. I'm not doing that. Anyway, it's autumn, <laughs> um, and that means that the holiday season is coming up. And of course, with the holiday season comes our old pal Charlie Brown. He's associated with it because we get kind of a double dose of him in this season. We get Charlie Brown Thanksgiving always, and we always get, of course, the classic Charlie Brown Christmas. Except last year. Except last year, because this story is kind of a follow-up from last year's story about how uh, the the specials, the peanut specials featuring Charlie Brown, uh, were going to be taken off of network television and placed in streaming and or public television offers instead. Well... The Peanuts gang are ringing in the holidays this year with another New Year's Eve special. Apple TV Plus has announced a new Peanuts TV installment called For Auld Lang Syne, which will premiere globally on Friday, December 10th. Well before people actually sing Auld Lang Syne. True. (laughs) For Auld Lang Syne, by the way, the first Peanuts TV special ever with a title that does not include the name of Charlie Brown or Snoopy, is also the first new original holiday special come... That uh, comes following a partnership struck by Apple last year. Also, following its hiatus last year, Charlie Brown holiday specials will return this year to PBS. It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown will air on PBS and PBS Kids on Saturday, on Sunday, August, or sorry, October twenty fourth at seven thirty p.m. Eastern. A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving will air on PBS and PBS Kids on Sunday, November twenty first at seven thirty p.m. Eastern. And A Charlie Brown Christmas will air on PBS and PBS Kids on Sunday, December 19th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So mark your calendars for PBS, some local public broadcast viewing of these classics. Or do what Apple wants you to do and sign up for Apple Yes, and watch it on their service. Watch it on their service. (laughs) Either way, it'll be interesting to see what they do with a new proper holiday special. Um, Uh, We haven't had it since the voting one? Charlie Brown, cast your vote. Yeah, and then... Yeah, I guess it's been a while. Hmm. Where... Yeah, but that was like also a follow-up to the uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Right. Because they put, usually put those back-to-back. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a while. But it'd be cool mm-hmm. to kind of uh, bring this to a new generation. And yes, way. do note that's special and not the TV show because the Snoopy show is available on Apple TV+, right. Plus, yes. as well as Snoopy in Space. Pretty much all of, all of the Charlie Brown verse. Yes, <laughs> the Peanuts verse is in there. The Schultz verse. Schultz verse, yeah. except for the uh, the movie done by Blue Sky. Right, that's different. Yes. All right, let's move on to our next story here. Hey, A and E Studios, does that ring a bell for you? Uh, if you've been watching Big Sky on ABC, oh. it certainly does. Well, I have not, but they're in the news this week for some deals that they have made. They're wheeling and dealing over here. They've landed the exclusive rights to the number one New York Times bestselling author Sue Grafton's Alphabet Book series, featuring private investigator protagonist Kinsey Milhone. This marks the first time the screen rights to the book series have been made available. 
with Steve Humphrey, Grafton's husband for more than 40 years, serving as an executive producer on the adaptations. Quote, we are actively speaking with interested platforms and seeking a showrunner for the series, as well as the perfect actress to embody the coveted lead role of Kinsey. That's President Barry Josen. The series begins with A for Alibi, way back in 1982, and concluded with 2017's Why is for Yesterday, which was the last book that Grafton completed before her death in 2017, at the age of 77 after a two-year battle with cancer. In 1997, Sue Grafton gave an interview in which she vowed never to sell the rights to Hollywood's silver screen, and Grafton's family felt this was the right time <laughs> to bring the author's beloved books to the small screen so her legacy can live on as her work finds new audiences. So, is Sue Grafton rolling in her grave? Uh, as she said in the interview, she would come out of her grave <laughs> to kick their asses. Oh, I can't wait to see zombie Sue Grafton then already. <laughs> now, note that she said that's not to be adapted to the big screen. This is TV. Uh, so they found a loophole. Loophole. <laughs> as seeing as with streaming, yeah. it may not even reach proper TV because yeah. it's streaming. And who knew streaming yeah. in 1997? So, I mean, I don't know anything about these, but they must have sold pretty well to have continued as a series for, for 20 years. I've read several of these years. books. Yes, they are okay. really good. So, yeah, so there's a built-in fan base here that's just begging for an adaptation. So uh, this will probably be, big, be a big hit, if, you, if I had to guess. If I had to guess, you could do um, a season based off a book. Yeah. And that gives you good. 25, 25 seasons. seasons. Like I said, it's an alphabet series. Yeah, it keeps going. So all the way up to Y. I mean, there is no Z. There will never be a Z. Yeah. There, um, that's part of like the will written out that right. no one Don't finish no, this. No, no ghost writers. No one's going to finish this. Right. No one's going to try and write a Z. Don't do it. Yep. Although I'm pretty sure somebody has written something that they call oh Z. you can find fanfic yeah. on the internet yeah, sure. everywhere fanfic of everything fanfic. yep that's the rule uh but yeah this is definitely a big deal yeah. those alphabet books are that's huge now we just need a cast yeah i say See? uh yeah as somebody who's read it what do you think is a good cast person to cast in this in this role uh what's her name right. jane levy you're bringing up uh, Jane Levy, who is the star, if you don't know, of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Very inquisitive mind. Mm-hmm. Very eye-opening. Zero singing in this. <laughs> that we know of. That we know of. They could make it a musical. I don't know. Maybe. Just like, well, she came out of a musical. Let's just make it a musical. Hey. Why not? Why not? I don't know. Those are skills. Um, yeah. I, I liked her in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I think she has a good kind of like mind when it comes <laughs> when it comes to portraying roles right. I, I liked her in that I'd like to, now that it's over mm-hmm. I think she'd be good in this just, right. just slide right over to this fair enough let's slide right over ourselves into thoughts as we wrap up television news ooh how much thoughts do you have alright we have a lot turns out um, so what do you think will be the quick hits and what do you think the ones you well, want to talk about well I have a lot of about? finales to talk about okay so, so let's, let's go with the finales first yeah. to get them out of the way since they're really quick and then hits. we'll talk about the premieres yes alright so you finished off the third season of The Circle on Netflix. We yes. had talked about it a couple weeks ago, kind of got your temperature about how you thought it was going. 
Um, how did how did it land? Uh, it still landed very awkwardly as <laughs> it does. does. As a circle does, especially since it's always fly at the seat of your pants. We can change the rules at any time. Yeah. That's kind of what I said with season, the start of season three. It's both good and yet also bad because you don't know what's going to happen. But right. also, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Well, bets are off. Yeah. Especially as they get more and more complicated, which is what this show has done. Right. And they try and do more twists and turns and loops to where... Does it work? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Were you satisfied with the, with the final winner? Yeah. Was it somebody you wanted to win, as opposed to a big, like, producer-style upset? Um, yeah, it definitely didn't feel like a producer-style okay. upset. Yeah. But, like, someone, like, if I was doing it, like, how it would, I would rank it, yeah, everyone took my strategy and ranked someone who probably wasn't at the top all the time. Sure. Ended up winning because they didn't want other people to necessarily win. Mm-hmm. That's typically how that would happen. Yeah, yeah, I think that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. So, uh, do you think it'll when they do a season four? Do you think it'll just get wackier and wackier? Is yes, it, just it will definitely get never-ending ramp. Like, never-ending ramp. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm waiting for that ramp to eventually jump the shark. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised it hasn't already. If it hasn't already, an yes. actual shark will be a contestant next yes. season. Just watch. Speaking of jumping the shark. Okay. And a megalodon of a shark it oh, was. Right. All right. A big monstrosity of the shark. Oh. Well, you don't know where I was going. With no, I don't. Here. I actually don't know where you're going oh. with this. Uh, the musical adaptation of Schmidt and Dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, you stuck with this. I bailed. But you when stuck when with did it. you bail? After the first episode. Okay. So, so how did the rest I of also it go? bailed on this. Yes. Unfortunately, I came back to it only to realize I only had one episode left. Okay. All right. <laughs> Because I was just about Over done it. with it. And then I like I looked at it and I was like, oh, I literally only have one episode left. I might as well finish it. I came yeah. this far. Even though I gave it like a month-long break since then. Yeah. It's exactly what you thought it was. It's yeah. stayed exactly the same. And oh, well. that ending felt super rushed. I think they ran out of stuff material to cover, <laughs> to parody. Yeah. And that it's just an absolute rush to the finale, and you don't even get closure at the end. Which just goes to show you that it's like, you if you're going to come up with something that's such a big premise, such a big high-concept idea, you have to make sure it can sustain itself through an entire series. Yes. And if it can't, you're going to run out of steam way earlier than you should. So I'm not surprised that it did. Uh, I did like Cecily Strong in this. Really? <laughs> I mean, I like that, like the concept of Cecily Strong <laughs> in this, where she's combating the musicals constantly or right. calling them out on their musical prowess. I'm, I'm not saying anything. Okay, here's here's my opinion about Cecily Strong. I think in certain sketches she works, but. I don't know if she's that great of an actor. I think that's where I kind of land on her. I'm like... Well, that's the good thing about she her. Tries, she didn't have to tries. get into the musical aspect of it. She's fighting against it. Yeah. And I found that hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, well, let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with I just like I just like the idea. If we if you didn't do your, like, algamation, like, everything, like, a little bit of everything titles for the podcast, mm-hmm. if you just picked one thing to title, the concept of Cecily Strong <laughs> would be a very, very funny title for this 
Anyway, by the way, I was looking at some of your titles. I hadn't looked at them for a while. I was just like, oh boy, he really reached for a few of these. Uh, I just combined what we uh, talked about in thoughts into something. Yeah. Anyway. Um, hey, 300 titles. You, you write them all. Yeah, I know. So with Schmigadoon, uh, not a recommend. Not a recommend. <laughs> Skip it. Skip it. But what else did you finish? Uh, a bunch of Disney Plus stuff. Right, let's get the three Disney Plus stuffs. All right. First up, Monsters at Work. Yes. I meant to talk about this last week. Oops. Forgot about it. Uh, so I just put it on here because... Such a, such a memorable show, right? It's not. <laughs> yeah. Despite what I keep seeing online about how it's a good show and a good workplace comedy, uh-huh. I not, not didn't it. want to finish it. I didn't want yeah. to complete it. I like the universe it's in. Sure. It's fun, it, but it's more workplace comedy yeah. than it is... Monsters doing funny stuff, trying to be right. funny. Right, right, right. It the it the balance tipped more one way than the other, and it kind of had to in order to keep you interested. But maybe just because I watched all of um, Superstore, and then mm-hmm. Velvet is the common link in that. Right, and he's doing another workplace comedy, kind of tilted uh, that way. Too similar. Yes, too similar. And yeah, I feel like the thing that people loved about Monsters also Mary Kaylee film. was in it, oh. which is from The Office, yeah. and so that also right. kind of tilted it that way. But yeah, I mean the thing that 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 movie had that everybody loves about that movie and is the heart that it had, the emotional center. It's when, not the monsters telling jokes, right? Exactly, it wasn't. It was literally about like the relationship between like. About Sully and the kid. Yes. And, like, if you don't have that as your thing, then it's just about the monsters. It's the reason why I think uh, a lot of people were disappointed with Monsters University. Mm-hmm. It was just you like, this is not kids. what we signed up for. This is not what we loved about that first movie. So, well, maybe not what we loved about the first movie, yeah, but some but people love it. Sure, I guess. But, but so, yeah, I guess if you're making something with those characters, which, the world, I guess, um, then you have to make sure you're eliciting the right part. And I don't know if they've succeeded here. I'm not sure like. if they succeeded yeah. here. That being said, I can see this getting a second season. Yeah, because it's Disney Plus. Because it's Disney shut. Plus, yep. <laughs> and it's Pixar, and they can yeah. just like put new Makes directors it on it and say, here, new director. Yeah. Direct a couple episodes here. See see how, how you like it, how, how it works out for you. Yeah. Yep. But what they're not going to crank out is probably these other two shows. You might be surprised. Uh-oh. Turner and Hooch. Yeah. Uh, Josh Peck yeah. as the son of Tom Hanks because you couldn't get actual son of Tom Hanks in here. <laughs> He's busy. Doing what? Recording uh, recording voice acting shit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Anyways. Because uh, he's not on that CBS show anymore. Cool. And, and and Chet Hanks is too busy having White Boy Autumn, I guess. Yes. White Boy Summer is now over. So. Yes, it's White Boy Autumn now that we're in October. <laughs> so yeah, Josh Peck as Turner and Hooch. Um, your love of Josh Peck will determine how well, how far you go in this film, in well, this series. I certainly love him more than than the other guy. Yes, we've officially <laughs> forgotten about the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ever since his stint in Cincinnati, I think it was. <laughs> Ohio. Something like that. The non-criminal from Drake and Josh. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, Josh Peck. Josh Peck. Um, 
He does a good job. All right. I, I liked him in this. Okay. I didn't want to like him in this. <laughs> I'll say that right now. Like, I thought this was going to be like a flop. I thought it was going to be like very kid Disney. Yeah. Like the dog is making all the funny here. Especially when it's like revitalizing a, a movie that no one's thought about for 20 years. Right. <laughs> But the second episode is what actually hooked me in this thing. Okay. Because the second episode, strict ripoff of Die Hard. Oh, wow. What? Yes. Second what? episode. Huh? Second Wait, episode. Turner and Hooch. The second episode of Turner and Hooch is a Die Hard? Is a Die thing? Hard throwback, yes. What? Okay. What is this series? And after that. <laughs> After that second episode, I was like, okay, there's yeah. some fun elements All to right. this. All right. Okay. I kind of liked what you did there. It got me into it. Like, the first episode, obviously, is the pilot. It's the hook. It's like, yeah. boy meets dog. Dog becomes police. Part of the... Uh, becomes po- police. police. <laughs> part of the, the U.S. Marshals. Oh, yeah, he's not a regular beat cop. He's not a U.S. Marshal. That's probably smart. Yeah, you kind of up the stakes when you do that, too. Yeah. Uh, so, it not only, like, chronicles... Turner and Hooch being U.S. Marshals, taking down bad guys. There's also elements within it that kind of do dog training in it as well. Like, hey, did you know that dogs do this? Did you know that dogs could do this? <laughs> Hooch is essentially super cop at this point. He's like, yeah. oh, he's doing this thing. Why is he doing that? He's just being a bad dog. No, it's actually a reason. We're going to explain <laughs> to you at the end of each episode. Smart-ass dog. It is stupidly smart dog. Yeah. So, that element is for the kids. <laughs> but for the adults, you get kind of the continuing mystery of what uh, Tom Hanks Turner, mm-hmm. who's a spoiler, dead. Right. Not spoiler, because it comes out in the first episode. <laughs> um, what he was kind of up to and kind of tracking down before his untimely demise. And now, his kids are taking over in the... Ooh, continuing the mystery of what happened. Yeah. So it's a little bit of everything for both kids and adults. And I think that's what it works. It has that right blend of <laughs> Disney fun for the whole family. Okay, all right. And slap that on a poster. Yeah, put it out in <laughs> the box if they sell DVDs. Put it on the box. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, all right. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. That sounds better than what I imagined it was going to be. Um, it surprised me. Yeah. A lot. That sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, get through at least that second episode, mm-hmm. and if you love that second episode, it's kind of more like that. It takes off not, not essentially like rip off of from films or homages to films, yeah. but more U.S. Marshall kind of police work than what the first episode kind of sets up. Sure. That's cool. That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad it's good. Yeah. I'm happy it was good. It made me feel happy watching it. But what if? I didn't like it. Yeah. Oh, no, no. What, yeah, if, what, what if you didn't like it? What if there was an alternate universe in which that wasn't the case? Tell me about what if dot 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 question mark, which is also on Disney Plus and is not about Turner or Hooch. It's about Marvel Comics. Yeah, it's Marvel's what if. Yes. Um, which is basically the premise of, of that is what it, you think it is. It's basically like, hey, what if this character, this established character, was actually... In this completely different context. What if this one decision yeah. completely changed, like, happened and completely changed the way the multiverse or the MCU worked out? Mm-hmm. It's basically the expansion of, continuation of Loki and the 
multiverse. But what also, also, it's from what I understand, ripping on an existing comic series that was had yes. is existed in Marvel for a long time. Yes, uh, technically, Spider Gwen mm-hmm. or Spider Woman, Spider was Gwen a, was a what was if a what if premise. character premise, right? And was brought into the actual. Um, <laughs> you can almost well. think of it as like the Marvel Comics pilot program in a way, where it's like, yeah. hey, let's see if the, if the fans like this, maybe we can make this its own thing. Yeah, it yeah. kind of is. Yeah. I mean, it also works in a way to where if they want to bring new characters over from the multiverse or dead characters sure. back. I mean, they did it with, they had Chad, so this was officially Chadwick Boseman's last project. Right. And he worked on with Marvel, um, doing voice acting for his T'Challa character here. So, you can... They can, in a sense, bring back and bring different characters in and out of right. previously established films. And like, hey, what if we change this and kind of go off and do more elaborate stuff through it? Mm-hmm. It's fun until you get to the last two episodes. Then they kind of uh-uh. feels like a back-to-back, like the whole reason they set it up. <laughs> the big Avenger-style team-up. Which you could have seen coming from a mile away. Oh, okay. And if you didn't see it coming from a mile away, shame on you for not knowing your TV lore. <laughs> uh, so yeah, not a whole lot of lore in it, but mm-hmm. a lot of one-off episodes that eventually, because you watch all the episodes, link together because the characters all team up together from different universes. Spoiler, if you didn't see that yeah, happening. Right, 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 right. Like, what do you think was going to happen? <laughs> Um, do you, it's fun. Yeah, so it's... It, it, yes, there will be a, a season two. Okay. Do you think it requires a whole lot of back knowledge about the comics, or is it built for people who are coming in from the MCU? It's built for people coming from the MCU. Okay. If you watch the MCU films, it takes from that. You don't you know what comic you're, from You know them. what the characters are going to see. You know everybody. You know the yes. context. Yeah. You, um, and you know why, like, these, this thing changes. Yeah. Like, oh, so that all goes this way now. It becomes because because yeah, like the puzzle becomes more fun to to move around the pieces if you know that the audience has the context for it, right? So, and you also get interesting team ups as well, right. like uh, Michael B. Jordan yeah. as uh, Eric Stevens, Killmonger character, with teaming up with Tony Stark, Iron Man. Right. But right. normally they don't ever right, cross exactly. over. Exactly. They would. Not but be, you can do it here in yeah. animated universe. What if? And I saw yeah, the the one that I see that seems to be most people's favorite here is. Is the idea of having T'Challa as Star Lord? Yeah, it seems like everybody really likes that. Do you think that spins off into its own thing? I mean, like its own TV series, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, this also kind of works as, like you said, a pilot, pilot program, program yeah. for different TV series. I mean, obviously, you do not have Chadwick Boseman's voice going re- forward. You have to uh, recast him. But, yeah. but besides that, yeah, it makes it an interesting concept to kind of play around with the pieces. Now, I guess the last question I have about it is. Do you think they go far enough with it? Like, are they playing around with this char- these characters in really, like, interesting ways? Or is it all very boilerplate? Oh, what if this character was with this this hero and not really being very daring or adventurous with the mix and matching they're doing? The first couple episodes are like that. However, at the end, mm-hmm. like, at the more episodes you get into the more the changes become very significant and you don't see the direct movie correlation, which is why the third episode, I think, is my personal favorite, where all the Avengers start dying off. Oh. 
and you're trying to figure out why, I liked that one a whole lot more because it didn't go off of established yeah. film. Yeah. It just took the scenes of, oh, this is where they met. Not that they're going to die. This is where they <laughs> met. They were going to kill them all. Great. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's a mystery. I don't know what's going to happen. And yeah. I liked that aspect more yeah. than ripping off established film and just changing something on that it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, cool. I'm glad it's interesting. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there'll be more of it, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll do a season two <laughs> and focus on, like, phase three and four more than what this one was, was phase one and two. Right, right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, some stuff is... Uh, that's the stuff that ended this week. But we yes. also have some stuff that started this week. Um, oh, yeah, we did. So tell me, what is Outrageous Pumpkins? And how outrageous it's October. were these pumpkins? It's October. Well, give me an example of, a, of how you can make a pumpkin outrageous. Make a pumpkin look like a dragon. That would be outrageous. Yes. I can't imagine that dragon. Oh, you can't imagine the dragon? I can't imagine that dragon. Ooh, well, we had some thunder. <laughs> we had some thunder to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so what is, what is outrageous pumpkin? It sounds like a reality show where people do crazy things with pumpkins, am I right? Yes, uh, because it's October... Yeah. And because people love carving pumpkins. People love carving pumpkins. Yes. We now get to pit the best pumpkin carving masters against Ooh. each other. So it's like Lego Masters with pumpkins. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, set, they're set in a pumpkin patch where they grab their physical pumpkins <laughs> and create these outrageous pumpkin designs. Yeah. There's. <laughs> I'm just imagining the host being like, grab your pumpkins! And everybody like, can yeah. like, go and grab them. A little bit, yeah. It's kind of a mad dash to grab your pumpkin and, <laughs> and start carving because you're only you're limited to like uh, the pre-built or the like the yeah. pre-cook as a as, pre-cook. Like the, the well, because of the, the cooking terms. This is on Food Network. Prep, like the prep period, right? No, no, no. Like, like no? The, the the first bake, so the first competition. Oh, so like round one. Yeah, round okay, one. Okay, got it. It's on Food Network. Let me use my Food Network. <laughs> So you have three hours to do oh, a carving. That reminds me, I, I started watching another show. I'll add it. Don't okay. uh, I'll add it verbally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you have three hours to do a carving right. of a standard jack-o'-lantern. And then the six-hour period for the following after it is the full-on, like, huge, outrageous pumpkin thing. Like, someone created a shark coming out mm-hmm. of it. Someone created a... Okay. Like a huge turtle, like the, the thing was like uh, creatures of the deep. So someone created like a monstrous turtle oh, cool. out of pumpkins. All right, all right. It's hilarious, that's but also super fascinating, and super cool. All right. So if you like pumpkin carving, and it's October, Thank by the time Halloween it. comes around, they'll have the finale. What is this on? Is this on Food Network? Yeah, it's on okay. Food Network. All right. Well, cool. Late, cool. late, late night on Food Network. Late night. Record it. <laughs> yeah, record it. It's like ten o'clock at night, but I don't know. Either record it or wait for the. Um, Inevitable, like binge watching all the way up. Or to the watch finale. it on a Discovery Plus. Or Discovery still Plus, it yes. still exists. <laughs> all right, next that... day on Discovery Plus. Exactly. What are we gonna do? What do we want to go to next? Uh, well, okay. Uh, do you want to say this to the to the end? Yeah, why not? Uh, right. I'll talk about the couple of cool of things that I started this week. So, uh, Disney Channel. Um, had it been announcing and talking about like the next season of Amphibia for a few weeks now. It's finally here, season three. I would tell you the big change of season three, but it was a major spoiler for the end of season two. So I cannot tell you on this podcast, but just know that there is a major sea change that happens and the characters are uh, in a different environment. 
than they were before. I thought that was part of the ending of That's season what I'm saying. one. No, that was season two. Is the oh, yeah, season the end of season two. The ending of season one does have a similar thing that happens, uh, but not in the same way as the ending of season right. two. However, happy to report the first episode of the third season is very, very good, and that show remains very, very good, and I'm excited to see what they do with it. Is that Disney proper or Disney proper? Disney Channel proper. Um, I believe that after they finish this block of 10 or whatever they're doing, it will then be moved to Disney Plus, just like they did with the Owl House earlier this year. Right before Amphibia, though, a new animated show on Disney premiered called The Ghost and Molly McGee. I watched that pilot as well. Um, And it's uh, super cute. I think it's a really good new addition to their animated slate. Basically, the premise is of this one... There's a ghost who's kind of like a social reject in the ghost world. He's kind of unpopular. He's Danny Phantom? No, he's not Danny <laughs> Phantom. Very clearly not Danny Phantom. And so uh, he's got a, like, he and the rest of the ghosts have, like, a scare quota that they have to reach, kind of Monsters, Inc. style. Mm-hmm. That's not working out for the ghosts because of, because they're, like, being, um, I guess, affronted by too much joy. There's too much joy in the world right now is the need to balance it out so he tries to find somebody to scare it just so happens that his home has just been moved into by a family and one of the family members is a young daughter the titular molly mcgee who is not afraid of no ghosts and is completely unfazed by this haunting in fact instead wants to become best friends with him he of course is trying to seal the deal of the ghosting and curses her to basically haunt her forever and be so, by her side forever. Which, of course, backfires on him because she is in love with him, not in a romantic way, but wants to be best friends with him and enjoys being haunted by a ghost 24-7. So, so that's the premise. Can't he just, like, ghost her? So the thing is, is that because he made that curse, he is bound to her. So if he does Uh-oh. try to escape, if she calls him back, he has to return to her. How old is Molly McGee? She's uh, 13. She's a junior high. Question mark. He's dead, so he could be any age. He is written as, like, I think it's like Bobby Moynihan voicing voicing this guy. So he's written, like, in his, like, probably late 30s, 40s kind of guy. He's like a schlubby dude, unpopular ghost guy who's gross. And you would think the exact opposite of Molly in every way. But Molly doesn't care because she loves weird stuff. And she's willing to give this ghost a chance. So actual Bobby Moynihan is a ghost. I believe it's Bobby Moynihan. It could be wrong. I don't know. He does other voices in other of these Disney shows. Sure sounds like something he could have done. Yes. Um, but yeah. Uh, basically, it's a fun uh, show. Dan, Dan, no, Snyder. it's not. It's Dana Snyder. Damn it. <laughs> Anyways. Close. Close. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, oh, Ashley Birch. Yes, Ashley. That? Sorry, I'm so, Yes, I missed that. Uh, Ashley Birch is Molly. It's a fun uh, show it's really well animated as all these Disney shows are. Um, the, some of the stuff they're doing, I think it's Rough Draft Korea because it's always Rough Draft. Uh, they're doing a really good job uh, with it, and uh, it's just a good looking show. And before you ask, because I know you're going to ask this, where's the lore? Does that look like it's going to be that kind of show? At least not yet. Not yet. Uh, similar to first seasons for yeah. a lot of Disney stuff. It looks like they're going to establish a lot of the gags before maybe they go into more of the rules of the ghost world, mm-hmm. which is kind of the, the way they could pivot this. But yeah, I'll stick with it. It's very interesting, and it seems very gaggy. It does remind me, the closest stylistic 
uh, match to it is first season of Star vs. Forces of Evil. Especially because there is a similar, similarly a school that serves as a, a set piece for it. Right. So, so yeah, uh, it's neat. Also, it uh, follows in the footsteps of Amphibia and Owl House as having a non-white lead character. The family is Thai, just like the family in Amphibia. Ooh, okay. So another Thai girl uh, lead character. It's neat. Anyway, so I've been watching that. Last, and uh, real quick, I'll be quick about this one. Houston talking about Food Network reminded me I am also watching a food show, but not on the Food Network. Christy and I just started watching the newest season of Great British Break Bake Off. Oh, on you're one of those. Netflix. She got me on the on the uh, on the train. So we watched the first couple of available episodes of that. Uh, and yeah, whatever season the they're on, season question mark. Um, yeah, don't even commit to a season. Who knows? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's fun. It's exactly what you think it is. It's more baking. It's more baking. More more British. More British baking. We watch them make biscuits, which are cookies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll report back when that's over and no, uh, see how it lands. No, unless they're Ted Lasso's biscuits with the boss. No. Real quick on that note, Ted Lasso yes. finale is on Friday. Yes. We'll have our thoughts next week. Oh boy, with the last episode, I am really wondering where the show is going to go for its finale. Boop. We'll see. Possibly. Anyway, that'll do it for thoughts. Unless there's anything else. Oh wait, there's one last thing. Hold I guess up, we have to talk. About. Yes, we have to talk about yeah. not only the new season of SNL, but also the lack of clothes that Casey Busters is wearing. Yeah, we'll get there. Saturday Night Live premiered its uh, season 47, Seven. Uh, premiere uh, with uh, host Owen Wilson and mus- musical guest Casey Musgraves, which uh, Casey was good. The rest of the show still sucks. <laughs> yes. Um, I can say with uh, uh, finality that I watched it, gave it a shot, and it's still not good. Yes, I didn't. I hardly laughed at any yeah, of the no, jokes. The sketches were bad. Um, this season does note um, Colin Jost and Michael Che surpassing. I know. I, I hate to say it. <laughs> yeah. Surpassing the weekend update desk hosting duties of Seth Meyers. Oh. They're now the longest tenured at the desk. Oh no, that just hurt me. That hurt me in my soul. The one thing that they did do that was good is that at the very end of update. They did um, do Norm a little McDonald. tribute to Norm MacDonald and just played some of his clips from his seasons. A welcome respite, and probably the only time I laughed in the entire production. <laughs> so, so now we need to talk about the Forrest Gump yes. throwback. So Casey Musgraves uh, did a couple of her songs from Starcrossed, uh, Justified and Not Like Her Movies. Roll. No, Camera Roll. Camera Roll? It was Camera Roll. Oh, sorry. I forgot which one it was. It's Justified uh, And so, yeah, and for, for the Justified performance, she came out, uh, came out naked with just her guitar in front of her, just like that scene from Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. And apparently, for those of you who maybe did not believe that she was actually nude, guess what? She apparently was. Variety to, came out and confirmed yeah, it. They confirmed it that she was actually nude, uh, which was like, whatever. But, uh, yeah, so. Like, uh, pasties at least. But. <laughs> No, Casey's yeah. Casey's brave, I guess. She was bearing all. So, just her and her boots and the guitar. And it was the uh, the best part of that sh- of, of the show of the night was was her performances. I thought they were both very very good. Yes, 
Uh, even if you couldn't see a whole lot of her, you could definitely <laughs> hear a whole lot of her. Uh, I did like the outfit she was wearing for the second performance, though. I was like, that's very cute. Yes. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, SNL continues to be SNL. And you're going to pass on this season. Oh, definitely. I'm not going to, especially not going to watch this next one, which is hosted by Kim Kardashian West. For now. Kim Kardashian West. Pass. Pass. All right, let's move on into cancellations and renewals. Now that thoughts are over. Paramount Plus is bringing back the real world homecoming for a third season. Wait, what am I no longer watching? Yeah, you didn't do your line. Uh, okay, cancellations. Because I'm here. It throws you off. Yes, I'll wait for the pause. <laughs> <laughs> on, as you type up cancellations. Right, tap, 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 tap. <laughs> I, I don't type it up. I copy it from my sticky note app and I paste it okay, into the Logitech okay. capture. Shh, behind the scenes. Well, episode 300. It's not matter. We're not going to do it that way anymore. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so yeah, next up, OWN, the Theo for Winfrey Network, is renewing All Rise for a third season. That's moving from CBS. For two seasons. To own. To own. Okay. Oprah, Oprah saved it. What is Bounce? I don't know. <laughs> Why are you at? Well, whatever uh, information uh, source you got this from, there's apparently a network called Bounce. <laughs> it's not going to scare you anything. He literally just, audience, I just want you to know <laughs> that he literally just Googled Bounce, the word Bounce, with no context. There we go. Okay, now he Googled Bounce TV. Yeah. And has found it. Well, apparently there's some show called Johnson, no relation, um, that they've renewed for its second season. Oh, oh, he has pulled up the synopsis <laughs> for the television show Johnson. Uh, four black men, Omar, Greg, Heath, and Jarvis, met in grade school and have been best friends ever since. Unnecessary comma. And they all just happen to have the same last name. Johnson, dot, 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 no relation. After 25 years of friendship, they are finding themselves in vastly different places in their lives, threatening the unity that has always been so strong. They confront and find humor in the most current controversial social issues from the black man's perspective, capital B, capital M, ranging from love, marriage, business, politics, and religion. So there you go. Season two of Johnson just started. You can get in on the ground floor, catch up with it Johnson. Premiered on August 1st. And yes, Johnson. that is exactly Johnson. Johnson. No relation. Johnson. All right, so let's stop talking about Johnson. Stars is bringing back BMF for a second season. Disney is bringing back Raven's Home for a set for a fifth season. And Apple TV Plus has canceled Mr. Corman after just one season. Sorry, um, George DGL. Yeah, that was the Jiggles. Letters. That was Jiggles show. Yeah. Jiggles. Jiggles. That's what people call Jay Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Sure. Jiggles. Okay. Anyways, then we have one death to talk about. Mark Pilcher. Pilcher? Yep. Pilcher. Age 53, a makeup artist, worked with uh, actors on Bridgerton, Downton Abbey, Mary Queen of Scots, and won an Emmy this year in 2021. Not just this year, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, won an Emmy. Um, yeah, that's rough. Age 53. Um, you don't have a, any context about how this happened. But Complications from COVID. Oh, COVID got him. All right. Well, that's very sad. And, um, Condolences to his family and the uh, the cast that he worked with. Yeah, uh, active. Yeah, in the doing what he liked and good at his job. Turns yeah. out. Let's end this then. That's it for deaths, and we'll move out of television and into music. And we always start music with the Billboard, and we start the Billboard with the Hot 100. <sighs> and it's so hot, like butter, well, that BTS sounds... melted away to a new number one. Song. But not with butter. No, not, not with butter. No, with Coldplay. 
They have help this time, yes. I'm sorry. Coldplay is not the name of their song. Yeah, well, it would be weird if it was. Yes. The song is My Universe yeah. by Bye. Coldplay and BTS. Yeah. Crossover. Uh, do do we think Coldplay knows who BTS is? I, I, I do believe they do. Yeah. Okay. Because this song happened. All right. Uh, at two, Stay by the kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Hey, you got Leroy right this week. Coming in at three, the best <laughs> song on the album, Industry Baby by Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow. Can't argue with you there. Coming in at number four. The, the best, best song, song on, on the album. album. <laughs> <laughs> Way Too Sexy by Drake featuring Future and Young well Thug. Well done. Well played. And rounding out your top five, Fancy Like by Walter Hayes. Which doesn't have an album, so we can't make that joke a third time. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, the, the, the Applebee's song, which is what I'm gonna. I wish that it had parentheses the Applebee's song after it because it's like Applebee's song. The Applebee's song, yeah. Uh, as for Billboard 200, yes. your albums chart, your number one album is. I do want to say with an asterisk because I believe this was to the wire to the point where this is what Billboard says, but the Variety story said something different. So I actually do not know what is actually your number one record. Well, we go off of Billboard 200 right. for this podcast. Yes. And your number one album is Sincerely, comma, Kentrell by Youngboy, Never Broke Again. I mean, if he keeps putting out albums, he will never be broke again. Yep. And coming in at number two, Certified Lover Boy yes. by Drake. So the question was, is that it looked like they were neck and neck for a while, and it was a question whether or not... Uh, young boy never broke again was gonna barely get above Drake, but he may have done that. May or may not. Yeah. For this episode, he did not. Well, it's important for the history books because I'm sure Drake would want to know that he had three weeks at number one. Yes. So, but hey, maybe he doesn't. Uh, we'll look back at this and say, ha. Yeah. Uh, at three, Montero by Lil Nas X. Yeah. At four, Donda. Donda. By Kanye West. Donda. 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 Donda, yes. Donda. <laughs> And rounding out your top five, because it's the best album of the year, uh, question mark. Question mark. Alleged, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Yep. Still there. Still there. If you didn't like any of those albums, no. we have new releases. All right. What am I, what am I listening to this week? Uh, we're listening to Talk Memory. No, I'm not. By <laughs> Bad, Bad, Not Good. It's one word. Bad, Bad, Not Good. That's also not how I would describe the album necessarily. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> it may be Bad Bad Not Good. Bad Bad Not Good. But it is by Bad Bad, bad, bad Not Good. Bad Bad Not Good. It's a fun to say. Yes. Uh, we also have The Million Things That Never Happened by Billy Bragg. Because yeah, he doesn't have that much to Billy Bragg about. Ha ha. Also, what if he did have a million things yeah, that did happen? Uh, we also have. Friends That Break Your Heart by Aww. James Blake. That's sad. I Want the Door to Open uh-huh. by Lala Lala. I will be listening to this this week. La 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 la. La 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 la. Moreover, there is A, <laughs> a Pillar of Salt by Noah Gunderson. Moreover. Fancy. Yes. Uh, Welcome Break by Pip Blom. Also be listening to this this week. All Day Gentle Hold <laughs> by Porches. Mm-hmm. Illusory Walls. I'm very excited for you to read this band name. By The World is a Beautiful Place and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die. 
That is the name of the that band. That is the name of the band. Not they the often, title. They often abbreviate it, but as you might notice, the, even the abbreviation <laughs> is very long. To we up, uh, yeah. I am no guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. You nailed it. <laughs> also, feel like this should be reversed for at least illustrious yeah. walls. Yeah, the band right. And no, that's the band name. Okay. And lastly, In the Court of the Dragon by Trivium. I cannot imagine that dragon. But this is the Court of the Dragon. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, there's so much music that we have to talk about. Just so much that we round them all up into nice packages yes. of bits. It was too much this week. Too much. The bits. The bits. The bits. The bits. We start the bits with Minsky. Hey, yeah. Remember Minsky? Yeah. Returns with a new single. And two were dates. Yes. So and the two were ring. Back in town. Uh, she's not going to be coming to Santa Ana, but she will be in L.A. Um, so, uh, yeah. We'll the talk back about that. No. She's at the, somewhere near the shrine. Ooh, okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, Mitsuki's back. The new single is out. No record to come with it quite yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if she did the same, same thing she did last time, which is announce a single and then a couple weeks later give that some room and then get, then announce a record. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, but it sounds like her and it sounds pretty good. Well, uh, we'll look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll look forward, forward to the smell of garlic bread. Mm-hmm. Well, so Halsey's <laughs> album, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power, film. coming in a film yes. version to HBO Max tomorrow. Yeah, we had known that this was an uh, IMAX theaters to coincide with the album release, yep. but uh, HBO Max made a deal to get it on streaming, um, so it will be on uh, streaming as of tomorrow, so I will definitely check this out uh, before next week, uh, because as I've been... On the record of saying on this show, it's one of my favorite records of the year. We'll talk about that at the end of the year. Yes, we But are. also, if you somehow wanted to go out and bought a ticket in IMAX to see this, you could have waited. <laughs> you could have waited three weeks. But hey, yeah. no one's judging you. No one's judging you. Not even Halsey's judging you. No. Hey, she has more money for her. No. However, who, who are judging people yes. is YouTube as they kaboom, put the kibosh, put the ban. Yes. On R. Kelly's channels. So yeah, anything that his team ran is now basically banned from YouTube. Um, that doesn't mean you can't find R. Kelly's videos on YouTube through other sources, though. Those are still up. This is just his channels that him, like his people... His... Are R. Kelly's Vivo is down? So yeah, R. Kelly.Vivo or whatever is probably yes. Well, actually, that might exist because it's not on YouTube. But if you look at that on YouTube, you might not find that anymore. Uh, they're doing what they can, but obviously they can't ban every instance of R. Kelly on their platform. So, uh, unless they label all R. Kelly songs like they did the, the Rickroll songs <laughs> for everything, anyway, there is that. a way they should do that. They should do that. <laughs> you know, we just got to start the new Rickroll of yeah. uh, Kelly our, our rolls. Hey, Rickrolls are hot right now. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah, talk about that next <laughs> week. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Um, speaking of Mitski going back on tour <laughs> and bands going back on tour, yeah. festivals are also happening. This is a weird one, though. Yeah, it is. Because it's a, get this, <laughs> baseball-themed <laughs> festival titled Innings Festival yes. in Tempe, Arizona. Which makes sense because that's also where yes. a lot of baseball teams go for yes. spring training. <laughs> and the dates for this 
February 26th and the 27th, happened to be the week yes. before baseball starts, and I believe also the days that pitchers and catchers were pulling from <laughs> training camp. Yes. So it's a music festival, but also kind of a little bit of a baseball get-together because a bunch of famous players will be appearing at this, including um, our hometown hero, Tim Salmon. Yep. Uh, he'll be appearing alongside Foo Fighters. Yes. And Not on stage, I don't think. Although that would be pretty rad. <laughs> just Tim Salmon's out there jamming with Dave Grohl. I would be into that. Uh, yeah. Uh, the bands playing include Foo Fighters, yes. Tim and Pollock, and St. Vincent. Among others. So, Among uh, others. Yeah, this sounds a bit like Bonnaroo. <laughs> it's not a bad lineup. It's just no. weird. I was talking to a friend uh, last night about it, and she was like, yeah, I got down to the bottom of the poster, and I was like, I don't recognize these bands. And I'm like, those are baseball players. <laughs> it was very funny. Um, so yeah, I don't know. If you're in Tempe, Arizona around that time, uh, and you like these baseball players, these classic baseball players, then um, hey, Go, go check them out. Yeah. Uh, baseball legends include uh, Roger Clemens, <laughs> um, off steroids, I believe. <laughs> nice. Uh, Tim Raines, Sean Casey, Tim Salmon, uh, Russ Ortiz, and Jim Abbott, and much, much more. Yes, more to be announced soon, it says on the on the concert calendar, or on the poster as well. So Yes. Uh, by the way, Foo Fighters and Tim Paula will indeed be the headliners. <laughs> Um, I'm wondering why you did put My Morning Jacket and Black Pumas. Or Dashboard Confessional. Yeah, or Fits in the Tantrums on here. (laughs) I only gave you the hits. (laughs) hits. plenty more where that came from. Yes. All-Star Baseball Jam, hosted by Jake Peavy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so... The Hits. Innings Festival, so go check it out if if you're near Tempe on the 26th of February next year. Or maybe in or around Tempe that time, because you may... Go out and watch uh, some baseball. Right I mean, there. yeah, but that's the next weekend. Yeah, so. that's like the fifth and the <laughs> yeah, sixth. We will, so, yes, for, 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 to be clear, we will be going out there, but we're, not we're that weekend. Out there. We're planning on going the following The weekend, weekend after, so yeah. So we will just miss the innings festival. All rats. Oh, darn. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Uh, I have no good way to segue to this, so I'm just going to say it. <laughs> right. Adele... Yes. She's his new single. <laughs> yes. did, you, did you miss her? Well, she's back. Yep, uh, but take it easy on her because the yes. new single is easy on me. So this coincides with a bunch of apparently alleged... Uh, 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 and legends. Well, yeah, there's it's been leaks for a while and then rumors for a while. Then apparently last weekend there were a bunch of the number 30 projected on buildings in certain um, certain major cities. And everybody thinks That's this is viral marketing for... Uh, 30 was presumably would be the name of her next record. Why it's called 30 when she's 32, I'm not really sure, but... It's when she recorded It's when she started recording it, maybe. It's backdated to 30. Yeah, she she labels the album before she's finished (laughs) with it. Right. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, after a little bit of of a break there, it'll be good to have Adele back. Yep. Also good to have back is Taylor Swift. As she not only released a song from 1989 earlier, <laughs> yes. moved up the date of Red, Taylor's version, yes. uh, to November 12th. I believe that's a week ahead. Yes, and if you're putting on your sleuth detective hat, these two, it's possible, not confirmed, but it's possible that these two stories are linked. There is at least one insider source that thinks that the reason why she moved it up was because Adele is going to release her record 
the the week, week that after. was originally planned. So the the week of the nineteenth just now might be Adele's week instead of Taylor's. Hey, at least she gave her warning. Right, Taylor. I believe Taylor did a similar thing with Fearless when, um, uh, or no, not with Fearless. Was it with Evermore? One of the re- one of the last couple records she did, she made an agreement, a similar agreement with Paul McCartney when he released Paul McCartney Three. Okay. Apparently, they had some sort of backroom deal where they made sure that they weren't on the same week. Right. Because that's the power you have when you're Taylor Swift. You can just call up Paul McCartney. Right. You just can't <laughs> claim your masters. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> Oh, speaking of Paul McCartney and really old people, David Lee Roth. Yeah. Yeah, that's David Lee Roth officially retiring after his final shows in January due to health concerns. And not any serious health concerns. To hear him say it, he's just aware of the fact that he's getting older. And he's just done maturing. He's doing the thing that Paul McCartney should have done a long time ago, which is realize, realize that you're too old to tour at this point. Um, so yeah, you know what? Good for him. Uh, retire. Enjoy your enjoy your golden years, David Lee Roth, or whatever you have left of them. Yeah, who knows? All right, that's but, enough of the music bits. But the bit no, there's one big story. Oh no, this is its own story. This ain't a bit. This is like the big story. This is the story. I was gonna put this in TV and sports, but hey, I'm glad you have it down here. It, it belongs here. It belongs here. So the NFL officially announced. Well, the NFL didn't do it. Pepsi yes. announced on behalf, they, of the on behalf of the oh. NFL who they will be chosen, who they have chosen to perform right. during the Pepsi halftime show present at the Super Bowl presented by Bridgestone. <laughs> they will be the official title. <laughs> yes. Uh, and there'll be none other than some LA's finest musicians yeah. of Eminem and Mary J. Blige. And then also. And then all, I mean, when they're, yeah, but. Eminem's not. Yes, I know that's the joke. But uh, it'll be headlined by Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Kendrick Labar. Yes, that's right. Not one artist is going to be headlining this this year, but five headliners. Yep. So uh, nearby Compton and Long Beach will be represented. Um, yes. Uh, so that's five artists for a twenty. 20- 25 minute show in yeah. uh, LA's new Sophie Stadium. <laughs> Sophie. 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 She's what so- you call her? She's Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Sophie's house. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, uh, that was officially announced. Um, the show will be put on through Jay Z's production yes. company as well. Right. Uh, as he, as we announced last year, that he was partnering with the NFL to help right. bring more inclusivity. Right. And this is a good move for it. I think this proves that he's done at least some work uh, because this is a lot of people that you wouldn't necessarily think of seeing at a halftime show being at a halftime show. It's also notable here that this lands in an interesting place for Kendrick Lamar, who is still expected to release new music at some point? Question mark? So they now give him an end date of the Super Bowl. Yeah, so if he doesn't make it in 2021, I could easily see this as his chance to debut a new single in anticipation of that record in February. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Yep. Um, this is also a course correction for when the Super Bowl was in Atlanta and they didn't get Big Boy or <laughs> <laughs> right or any of the when other they didn't bring, hip-hop artists. Bring together outcasts. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, this is that course correction that Jay-Z yes. is still bitter about. Uh, 
was like, hey, we're going to do it right this time. Yes. They've been, been doing and it. And also, well. Billion Dollar Stadium gets Billion Dollar. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, clearly. Acts to, to follow it. And I want to see what they do with that Infinity Ring. <laughs> yes. How they incorporate it. Oh, man. That's exciting. I'm excited for this halftime show. Despite what internet people are trying to say, no, I think it'll be good. I think I'm looking forward to it too. I think it'll be really interesting this year. Yeah, it'll be good. I have no doubt. All right. All right. Uh, did you listen to anything? I did, but I'll be really brief about it. Uh, I didn't type it because it's like, yeah, whatever. I listened to the new Illuminati Hotties record. It's Ooh. very, very good. And if you liked any of her previous stuff, you'll like this one too. Uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites of the year so far. Okay. Could we expect to see this at the end of the year? Possibly. Well, Possibly. when we get there, you can definitely talk about it there. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yes. We'll figure it out. We, we do have to rank these. You do know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. The more you listen to it, the more you got to rank them. At this point, I am thinking that it might not be, I might not be able to keep it to a top five. I might have to do the top ten this year. Ha! Yes. Because our list, and we, we do what do we it. want. We might have to do top tens this year for some of these things, because I've actually, I've actually watched and listened to a lot of, and played a lot of things this year. So, yeah, we might have to do it. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll reconvene. We'll reconvene. All right. All right. Uh, speaking of reconvening, we will move on to video games. Yes. And we start with new releases. All right. What am I playing this week? I don't know what you're playing this week. <laughs> but here are the new releases. Hey, we did it. It's the wrong section. Hey. <laughs> uh, the Switch. Yes. Two games. Right. We have Metroid Dread for the yes, Switch. Which and I'm shocked you didn't leave for last because this is the biggest release of the week, people. No, it's not. It is the... You cannot say that. I can say that because I am not a Metroid fan. Yes, but this is incredibly important. Metroid Dread is the fifth proper Metroid game and the first Metroid game since two thousand two. Nineteen years. Yes, Metroid Fusion. You've done your waiting. Yes, nineteen years of it. Done our nineteen years of waiting. I'm so excited to play this game. I will probably buy it, but I'm not hundred percent sure because I still haven't played another game that I need to play that, yeah, so I, I'm hoping to play it at some point. But I'm really looking forward to Metroid Dread. Alright. Well, the other game, if you don't want to play Metroid Dread, is <laughs> yes. Tetris Effect colon Connected on Switch. Yes, uh, after following its uh, release on every other console, now te- uh, Switch players can play it too. Yep. We also have Monster Crown for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Yep. Sorry, new geners. <laughs> or next geners. Yep. Uh, Back for Blood for the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. As long as you don't have a Switch, you can play it. Yep. <laughs> and your biggest release. I don't think so. Your biggest no. multi-platform no. release. Yeah, multi-platform, sure. Triple A. Sure. Studio. How dare you say that Metroid is not a triple A franchise. I didn't say franchise, I said triple A studio. How, How dare you? How dare you? Anyways. Far Cry yes, 6. Yes, Far Cry 6 is Giancarlo Esposito <laughs> invades your consoles on PS4, PS5, time. Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. Yes. Sorry, Switch owners. Maybe you'll get a cloud version. Yeah, you might get a cloud version. Exactly. But we'll make that joke again later. But yeah, I may or may not talk about Metroid next week. Uh, we will see. We'll see. Uh, so let's get some video game news. And we start yes. with the juicy one of Sony. Yes. So remember when we... Oh, we don't delve in rumors here on the podcast? No, we typically don't. We try not to. Well, there was a 
accidental reveal back in June about right. Sony acquiring Blue Point Games uh, to its ever-growing list of PlayStation Studios. Mm-hmm. Well, it was there, and then it wasn't. Turns out, it actually happened? Yeah, it's actually happening. Yeah, it's actually happening. Uh, Blue Point Games has acted primarily as a porting and remastering studio, yep. and has worked with Sony uh, with worked with Sony more than any other company since its foundation in 2006. This has included projects like Uncharted, the Nathan Drake Collection, mm-hmm. PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, yes. Vita Port, yeah. <laughs> and most recently Demon's Souls on the PlayStation 5. They're mainly a port studio, but now they're officially being absorbed into the PlayStation Studios' ever-growing list of companies. So the theory... The running theory seems to be is that the reason, the main reason for this acquisition is similar to the last acquisition they made, which is because they are going to have a pipeline for ports to PC continuing uh-huh. going forward. So um, don't be surprised if we see Bluepoint kind of spearheading PC ports for the announced Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy ports that, uh, that are coming soon. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised if you also see them... Um attached to the any Horizon Zero Dawn or God of War ports. That yes, may come that out. are also rumored to happen. Yep. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, Zero Dawn's already a PC. I think you mean Forbidden West. Yeah, Forbidden West. Yeah, if they do a PC port of that. Horizon. Yes, Horizon. The yes. franchise. Coming in February. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Coming soon, maybe. But of course. But of course. This if, is not the biggest news. No, no. The no. biggest news um, happened giving you th- yesterday. This is the real reason why we're doing this show in person. Not because of, you know, 300 episodes. Yeah, that's nothing. The real reason is because this is the news that you've been waiting for for a very long time. Yes, this is the news that a lot of people <laughs> have been waiting for a very long yes. time. Since uh, 2016, people have been waiting <laughs> for this news to finally arrive. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Yeah, more or less. Um, the final DLC character for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. They are closing out the roster. There yes. will be no more new characters for uh, Smash Brothers. That's it. They're yeah. done. Yeah. This this is the end cap of it. What started with Mario. <laughs> You're really milking this. I want to milk it for all it's worth. Right. 300 episodes, baby. <laughs> milking it. Full of milk. We're just dairy, dairy all the way down. Anti-lactites be gone. Yeah, yeah. You're lactose intolerant. And you can't <laughs> listen to this podcast. This is impossible. Yes. Anyways, get, anyway, to, get to the point. The point is, in 2016, <laughs> Nintendo and Super Smash Brothers had a open polling, open yes, contest yes, they did. Uh, for the Wii U and 3DS versions of Super Smash Brothers. That if you could have any character in the game, who would you want? Mm-hmm. And for a long time, people assumed that. The answer was Bayonetta because that's what they said. The uh, Bayonetta was the character that they could reasonably get yes. into the franchise, and they did, and they did it. But Bayonetta was not the winner. <laughs> the winner was Sora from Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> by far and away number one winner, but locked because of Disney. Well, not just because of Disney, but because Disney owns a part of it, and Square Enix owns a part of it. It's a rights nightmare to work with both of those companies at once to make yes. sure that you have the rights to do it. Because it's important to note here, 
Getting a character for Super Smash Brothers is not as easy as getting a character for Super Smash Brothers. You also get a stage. You also get music. You get licensing. You get yes. photos. Those you get are trophies. All licenses that are coming from different places because yep. at, because it's a Square series. Square hires actual musicians to do the music, and so not just you that, have to you pay make them sure, too. Not just that, but you have to make sure that the move set is correct because <laughs> fans of the of the character will critique heavily yes. if the moveset does not match the characters, if the character doesn't play correctly, right. and if the character is too OP, if it's not well-balanced enough. So, needless to say, it seemed like it didn't happen for the Wii U game because it was a rights nightmare that Nintendo didn't want to wade into. Mm-hmm. And but here we are Here tonight. we are today, six years post-poll, and players have gotten their wish. Prayers have been answered. Mm-hmm. You can stop spamming Sora for Smash every time a new uh, announcement comes out about it because it happened. Yeah. It finally happened. You wanted this. Well, you got it. You well, wanted maybe this. Not, well, I wanted <laughs> this. But you, the internet, wanted it. And Super Smash Brothers has graciously extended the invitation. And yes, Sora from Kingdom Hearts is officially in. Super Smash Brothers. Well, soon. Will be uh, in a few days. Yes. Um, 13 days. Well, now 12 days since that was yesterday. But yeah, 13 days post um, the announcement, which people then put a bunch of theories out about it because 13 is a prominent number in the Kingdom Hearts franchise. So take with that what you will. But unless Nintendo intends to make another Smash Brothers game, I don't think they'll ever do it. They'll just expect ports. Yeah, it's the assumption you can make here. Especially naming it Ultimate does have the suggestion that this is it. Right. Um, And yeah, it seems like they've done good by the fans with this. I think they've done good with the fans overall with Ultimate and how they've rolled it out. I think people are pretty satisfied with where it is right now. A total of 82 characters. uh, I think 200 in total with the different um, skins. Yes. That you can play with. That is important to note that Sora has basically every outfit that, from each of the games. Oh, he's okay. To. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't really. T- I, mean, I guess I can. I can gush over it now. No, we don't need to. I just wanted to. Oh no, let that. me gush. Uh, we don't have time. I know we don't have time. What do you mean we don't have time? We have. <laughs> oh yeah, we don't have time. We don't have time. Let's uh, let's just say Sora. We will have. We will report back. I am letting him borrow my copy of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate to test this out. Probably actually just let him have it. I'm not gonna. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm going. I don't know if I want to unlock all the fighting. The good news is, is that you can do it by character. Yeah, you can you just can buy Sora, Sora. Yes. Uh, for whatever it is, five, eight dollars. Yeah, six dollars. Like so, so yeah. So, uh, so yeah. then once you do that, then you can report back, and we'll have you talk about all about how Sora is in Super Smash Bros. Yes. How about uh, that? Yeah. Um, do note here during the reveal, and most likely during the game. Zero Disney characters. Right, That's important right. to note here that it's the characters that they do have um, throughout it are specific to Kingdom Hearts yeah, itself. I would, I would not be surprised if part of the negotiation was that Disney was like, nothing else. Right. Nothing else, just Sora. You can have Sora, but nothing else. Yep. See, when they, when they said, so the tweet came out said that a character you wouldn't expect, I was right. like, ooh, could they just do like King Mickey? I thought, no, Disney no. would never have Mickey in a fighting game. No, no. Hell, 
even having Dicky Nicky in the original yeah. King Hearts was a nightmare. Right. They could only have him for one scene. Yeah. And got looser as it went on. Yes. But but yeah, I mean, of course, you know what this means. That Nintendo is a part of Disney. Nintendo essentially just opened the doors to having connected their universe to Disney's. Yes. yes. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Wait, you you realize I think <laughs> that this is just Nintendo cashing in, right? Because that door was already opened mm. with Wreck-It Ralph and I mean, having Bowser in kinda, the film. yeah. And Pac-Man in the film. Yeah, but that's video games. And Mario in the yeah, film. I guess Sonic right. in the film. I guess you're right. This is Nintendo cashing in saying, hey... Remember we let you borrow our characters from Wreck-It Ralph? <laughs> kind of pay up. Uh, yeah, it's even, even, even trade there. Yes. Well, okay. Um, it's interesting, and I'm, I'm glad they did it, because I think a lot of people are happy about it. But yes, we will report back once you've played some of Sora, and then you'll be able to say all your thoughts about yes. how you feel about Sora's representation in the game. Yes. The announcement uh, did come as part of the final Mr. Sakurai presentation yes. showcase. Yes. Where director Masahiro Sakurai revealed and showcased Sora from his company. Sora. The same name, Sora. Yeah, no relation. No relation. Um, yeah. Uh, but there were also a couple of Meat Fighter costumes. Right, yeah. As well. uh, Octoling and Judd from Splatoon. Doom Slayer from Doom. Yeah. As well. And those will also be available on October 18th. Yep, available October 18th. Yeah, there you go. Super Smash Brothers, it's over. Um, so I guess now's the time to jump in and play again, because it's complete. You can just get kind of figure out who you want your main to be without having to wait for the next character. Yep. And if you want to play as Sora on your Nintendo Switch, you can do that. Yes. Not just on Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, but announced kind of immediately after it. Yeah. I know you don't have it here, but I'm just going to say it anyways, because you know I'm on it. So from what I understand about this is that they had to do this. Yes. Because it, one of the requirements for having a character in Super Smash Brothers was that game series has to be represented on the Nintendo console, on a Nintendo console. Which it is, in the, <laughs> in the form of yeah, Melody of Memory. Memory. Yes, but but yes, they did. They announced uh, cloud versions. This is key. Cloud versions of the Kingdom Hearts games. Yes, of the Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 HD remake mm-hmm. of... The ever long name 2.8 HD prologue <laughs> back cover. Yes. Uh, and Kingdom Hearts 3 yes. with Remind DLC. Right. So you can get the all in one Dark Seeker Saga cloud version. <laughs> yes. Because apparently there's no. You can't run that. On, you can't run a PlayStation 4 game or a PlayStation 2 game on a, on a Switch. Everybody knows that. Well, it'll be the PS4 version. Yeah, I know, but. Yeah. looks funnier that way. I know. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't know why they're cloud versions. I think it's stupid. I think a Switch well, could probably run it, those natively. Because they have, like, the actual, not, like, cards. Yeah, but they're not even that, like, technically, like, out there. Even 3 is not that technically out there of a game. It's, I think the Switch could have run these games natively. It's about 50 gigs for Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, size is not the reason why you do a cloud version. Right. You do a cloud version because it's something like Control that literally has, like, ray tracing shit that can't be done on a Switch. There's no excuse, is what I'm saying, for them to do it cloud, except maybe they just figured it was easier that way. It might be easier that way. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Get, get all that digital dollars. Just play it on a different console. I, I mean... Play it on the PC. Now you can literally play, you can play it on, it on your PC, But don't do it that even. The cheapest way of playing this game is just get it on an Xbox or PS4. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. 
Yeah. Anyway. Well, that being said, you once this they were even on, out, you could play it on any console. It was even on Game Pass for a while. Yeah. It was all on Game Pass for a very Kingdom long time. Kingdom Hearts 3 was on Game Pass yeah, for a while. So, I don't know. Yeah, if you want to play, I mean, that is kind of the down thing. You do need an internet connection to play it. But yeah. If you want to play it on the go, you technically could. Well, I, mean, I guess we should mention this before we wrap up video games, is the thing that happens alongside Metroid Dread also is the release of the... Um, the OLED screen switch. So yes, if you have held out on a switch and you're waiting to buy one, uh, now is the time to do so. Yep, the new yes. switch, I guess. You They're not even calling it that. It's just switch it's just with OLED. OLED. Yep. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's it. That's it for video game news. Let's get to some thoughts. Yeah. We have, we have time for thoughts. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll I'll be quick though, so we can wrap up at a decent time here. Hey, it's three hundred. So I'm okay. Ooh. Yeah, it's three hundred. Um. So you played some games. Yeah, I'll do some follow-up about stuff I wanted to talk about last week before my internet started shitting the bed. Um, I played a couple of games on Game Pass, speaking of Game Pass, uh, that were relatively new. Uh, first up, Psychonauts 2, of course, the sequel to Psychonauts, a game that came out way back on the PS2 in like 2002, 2003, yeah. on the Xbox. Um, I played a little bit of that game back in the day. I think I rented it from the Blockbuster, which shows you how old that was, <laughs> um, and played a little bit of it, but I definitely didn't finish it or spend a lot of time with it. So I went into 2 not really having any affinity for the series, but I'm happy to report it's a pretty good game. Um, <laughs> it is a platformer in the same way that the original one was. There's a lot of collecting things and and a lot of jumping and jumping puzzles and like... And, um, and so if it, that kind of hearkening back to character action games of the PS2 era doesn't sound super appealing to you, this is still kind of that. Don't expect this to be something modern feeling. It's very much trying to evoke the feeling of the first game. However, what is modern feeling is what they've done. They've done most of the work here on story. Uh, the story is really good. The dialogue is really well written. Um, the characters are really interesting. The scenario is fascinating. If you didn't play the original Psychonauts, it continues the theme of going into people's brains to try to plant information into them. Kind of like Inception, but more literal than Inception. So instead of it just being like very vague, symbolic versions of their what their thought process is, Psychonauts is, takes a very more literal approach. So, it, for example, it's like, a like there's a couple in the game that wants to have, are having trouble having a child. And one of the things that they do is it's Debt level takes place in a casino, and there's like the woman's around a roulette wheel and spinning the roulette wheel, and it's landing on things that are like bad news for her. And so it's like they use these very specific fun metaphors. Well, that wasn't maybe not so. Fun. That's not a fun. But you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Like it's an example of like they use these metaphors, like more specific metaphors, to be like this is what they're thinking about, this is what they're preoccupied about. And how can you connect thoughts, their thoughts in a different way to change their mind about something? And yeah, so it's neat. Um, from what I understand is as the game goes on, there's a lot of really interesting like um, storytelling that actually gets really emotional and like meaningful. And there's a lot of commentary on mental health as the game goes on. I am only scratched the surface, um, so I'm going to continue playing a little bit of more of it. But I think it's interesting. I don't love the gameplay, but... I think the story might keep me going. Puzzles? There's not a whole lot of puzzle puzzles going on, at least to the point where I'm at right okay. now. It's pretty much just a platformer with some light combat um, with an with a emphasis on the adventure game style story. Okay. So, 
But yeah, it's neat. And especially if you like that first game, I think this is exactly what you've been waiting for. And a lot of people are really enjoying it. Unfortunately, though, I also played a different game on Game Pass, which I did not enjoy as much. Skatebird, which I feel like is the most disappointed I've been in the game in a very long time. Because if you, you like the name, you pitch me on a game that stars skateboarding birds and they're super cute. I'm, of course, going to play it because that sounds like a wonderful premise. But the catch is, is this game controls very badly. <laughs> it's not fun to play. And the skateboarding itself never feels like you can get into a Tony Hawk style groove with it. The, uh, you don't get all the tricks at the beginning. You have to talk to other birds in, this, in, the, in the level to get more tricks added to your repertoire, which makes it hard to just play around like a sandbox. The game kind of rubs against that kind of want to just skateboard as a bird, which is weird because that's the entire game, uh, or at least it should be. And the other half of it is that um, the way they've done the depth of field is that anything beyond four feet in front of your bird is blurry, So, which is bad for a skateboarding game because you want to like, oh, you see that like ramp over there. I'm going to go over there because maybe I can pull off this combo better over there. But if it hurts to see it, then you're not going to want to look too far. And it's, you Is can. It bird vision? I guess it's bird vision. I don't know. You can adjust the field of view, at least in the PC version, but I didn't mess around with it. It still bugged me that by default it was blurry. And mm. I don't know. Um, there's some cute things about it. The birds talk very cutely about their like owner, which they call their big friend. Cute. And some of the, some of the, uh, the quests are really cute because it's like cleaning up his house. Like it's like, oh, go under the bed and clean up his like food trash that he's left under there before he comes back because we want to be big friends best friend stuff like that it's very cute um but ultimately it's not fun to play it's really disappointing so maybe maybe skip skateboard oh then lastly in the game pass um group here i pay played sable uh which is more recent this is last week's big uh, game pass edition uh and this game i definitely recommend just Ooh. like Psychonauts, I only kind of played the first couple hours, but I'm already way into it. Sable is an open-world game that is also kind of a coming-of-age story. Uh, you play as this 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 young woman who has been has grown up in like a um, small like clan, like a little village community, and she's now come of age and now is set to become. A glider, which essentially implies someone who is a nomad who travels around the land. Um, and so you kind of get started. There's a little tutorial segment where you're kind of getting started meeting everybody in the village and kind of getting an idea of what you can do. You go to some temples and find out, um, like, do some, like, light platforming. And you get this ability to glide, which is literally being able to float around in this bubble that you can encase around yourself. And that's only the beginning of your journey. Because then you're set off, once you build your cool hover bike, you are set off into the wide world to basically just do whatever, discover whatever you want, ultimately to form masks that will choose your identity in the world. There are basically several different kind of established, established kinds of identities you can fit in with yourself. You could be a, a, a machinist who, like, as the name implies, works on machines. You can be a, uh, I don't know what the other one, a merchant and sell things. Like, there's certain ways you can do it. And the, I, the whole mechanism of the game is going basically doing quests for these people that you find in the world. 
to get badges and then trading in those badges for a mask. And as soon as you get three of badges of a kind, you can end the game right there and choose to be one of those things. Hmm. Or you can keep going and get as many masks as possible and really... All the masks. Yeah, and really, like, just take your time in this beautiful, like, desert landscape and just really feel like you're finding your kind of own way. It works really well as being a metaphor for finding your identity. Okay. Where it's just like you're feeling out and meet, like having experiences and meeting new people. But the real star of the show here is the music. So I've talked about Japanese Breakfast on this podcast before. She yes. put out a record earlier in the year that I very, like, very much enjoy. She did the soundtrack for Sable. Uh, most of it is ambient. Most of it is just video game music. Uh, but it's very well done and it's very fun. But then there is a vocal track that plays, and they pick the perfect moment in this game to play it. It is one of the coolest moments I've felt in a video game in a very, very long time. Is when the music there's a late title card, the music kicks in, and you're just blasting down the desert in this cool hover bike, and, and while well, Japanese this Japanese breakfast song is happening, it's very, very cool. Okay. So yeah, uh, Sable's on Game Pass, but it's also available on. Um, on PC and uh, PlayStation. I don't believe it's on Switch yet, um, but it's really, really cool. I'm really enjoying my time with it so far. Sounds good. Yeah. Pretty cool. I didn't get to Deathloop, so Not hopefully yet. by next week I will talk about some Deathloop. Okay. Um, I'm currently playing Deathloop, so I'll talk about it next week, though. Uh, don't tell me anything. I don't want to know. It's okay. Okay. Like, I'm only, like, maybe... I got through the first story part of it, so Did we'll you talk about it like next week did you return man uh, it's on the table okay <laughs> but speaking of that gonna make me do it got it no no because <laughs> uh, i got uh death loop yesterday so yeah uh but speaking of madden um i'm officially done with the madden. someone awesome yeah, one, 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 <laughs> I'm, done, I'm done with madden right now <laughs> yeah but also someone awesome completed his campaign to reach the super bowl hold on he did it he did it in his rookie season someone wow. awesome reached the super bowl truly living up to his name yep so really? face up against the Cowboys. Truly. And put up 40. The Cowboys made it to the Super Bowl in your weird ass season? Yeah. Wow, okay. They they beat Tampa Bay in the wow. in the uh, AFC Championship. Oh, that's where you ended up in Tampa Bay? No, no. I ended up on the Jaguars. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Because that's, of course you did. Because, because that's how the pick. draft goes. Yeah, yep. the picks. <laughs> yep. So yeah, the Cowboys being in NFC, beat uh, Tampa Bay in for NFC Championship for the Super Bowl. Okay. So... I'm in the Super Bowl, and I put up an amazing 49 points in the Ooh. Super Bowl. And I lost. Thanks. Because the Cowboys, every time they got the ball, scored. Oh, so no. I had to score every time uh, I got every the ball. Every single time. And when I didn't, or no, I didn't do that. Um, they scored at the end of the halftime, and uh, then scored at, at the beginning oh, of the third. No. So they went up twice. And I couldn't catch up because no, of it. it was a it was a two it, possession game, as and I was it. and I was done at that yeah. point. No, even if like even if I scored immediately, they marched down the field and scored. They Ouch. could not be stopped. That Putting up fifty six points. I can't believe you let the Cowboys beat you in the Super Bowl. Fifty six to forty nine is not my fault. America's team. <laughs> America's team. I put up forty nine points. That is not my I, fault. I guess, you don't play the offense. I guess I should when say that also this implies that the Jaguars also made it the Super Bowl, which is somehow even harder to believe. Yes. Then the, the it's okay. They got carried by someone awesome. 
It's true. It's like, <laughs> someone awesome was on that team. Yeah, someone awesome was definitely on the team. And it was someone awesome. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> my overall feeling for Madden, I think this is a fine game. And uh, fine. Every, every other year. Yeah. Uh, I think, like you said, next year, next if they year. do the next PS5 year. proper, hopefully. Um, It'll be running a lot smoother. I did love the loading times. Oh, because they're basically non existent. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think that is definitely the one step up that I can't say sure. running on the next gen. Is Absolutely. That yeah. It's amazing how non existent load times are for, for Madden. That's right. Especially playing what essentially was two years ago now. Yeah. You know, even last year's, because I played, um, played it during the Super Bowl and had to run for free for a weekend. And that was still slow and felt mm-hmm. for the PS4. So yeah, loading times—the best thing about this generation, yep. hands down. Loading hands times. Down. Yep. Until we get to the beefy stuff and where yeah. load times just creep back in. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not. I mean, that's the whole point of the SSD. So yes. that, hopefully that won't happen. Hopefully it won't. Uh, but yeah, I'm done with Madden. Then All that's right. going away now. Uh, but I did play the new PS Plus game, yes. Hell Let Loose. Yeah, how did how did that go for you? I don't know because. <laughs> I got I died just <laughs> randomly. Well, not randomly. Someone was shooting at me. Were you but following your your officer's instructions? For my I couldn't catch up to my yeah, officer to get the instructions. From what I understand, the whole thing about Hell Let Loose is that it's very it's supposed to be a very realistic interpretation of a war game where you actually are in a unit and you do have to pay attention to your orders. Yes, but because I spawned in the middle of the game. I was so far back that I couldn't run up fast mm-hmm. enough to get to my commander. To Is it just proximity order. voice? Yeah. So you have to be near them. Physically you have to be to near them? someone else. But I think that's <laughs> the thing about doing it with the PlayStation, though, is that you can hear from, from the controller. Yeah. So you can yell into your controller and you can talk back yeah, to it. Yeah, that's neat. So it's cool. I like that aspect. I did like being completely Constantly. cut off yeah. from everyone else. Um, you just need to get faster and you need to get better. Get, and get stronger. <laughs> All of the above, yeah. yeah. Um, so, are you not going to play any more <laughs> No, there's no story mode to it. Yeah, no, it's just a mobile thing. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I realized it's just a mobile thing, I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll give it an hour. It seems to be best with friends, is what I've heard from people. It's I am my own to... friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it seems like to, if you are on a squad with friends, it's a little bit more enjoyable. Because yeah. the, then it's all of you trying to figure out what your officer is telling you to do. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Or you, or you could play Don't Let the Bomb Go Off. Yeah, you could do that. Alright. Neat, though. Neat, mm-hmm. neat game. We'll talk about Deathloop next week. Yeah, we'll talk about Deathloop next week. Alright. Uh, with that, that brings us to the end here. We did it. 300 down. 300. Done. Turns out when we're in person, we're in a little, little faster clip. We don't have to worry about technical problems. <laughs> right. Or, or waiting for the other person to respond because I'm yeah. right here staring at you. Yeah, 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 and there's crosstalk, and it doesn't have, it's not a problem anymore. Right. Anyways. Uh, so thank you for watching this edition of the Media Boat Podcast. This 300th edition of the Media Boat Podcast. 300 And it's... Uh, this is Sparta. There, I said it. We, we needed to say it at least once. Yeah, you got it. Uh, you <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, So thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Media Boat Podcast. But in the meantime, if you want to watch this episode and other episodes we've recorded for you, go to YouTube.com and search for our YouTube channel. You can find our channel by searching Media Boat Podcast and search for Build... Like, comment, subscribe, and maybe we'll be live next week, too. Who knows? You can then uh, find us uh, in audio form by podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, 
uh, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, among many, many others, to search Media Boat Podcast. You can also find us on social media channels. Media Boat Podcast is represented on Facebook. Just search Media Boat Podcast and find our page. At Media Boat Cast is our Twitter handle. And every once in a while, we'll play some video games for you on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. And then last but definitely not least, if you have any comments that you want to make about the show, questions you want to ask us, anything you want to know, you can email us directly at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. That'll do it. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for another episode. Yep, we'll be back next week for the start of another 100 episodes that will yes. make the climb. Well, now we're back down the mountain, but right. the next climb for the next 100 to episode 400. It's the climb. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>